there's something about us when we, when somebody understands what we're going through, all of a sudden it, it, they, they haven't taken it away. They haven't, you know, they, they haven't removed the horns from us. They haven't removed the weight that we're carrying, but there's something when somebody else really understands what we're going through, when we feel seen that all of a sudden there's a newfound ability to to deal with it or to to walk with it welcome to the skilled dad podcast this is the podcast for dads of all seasons to learn the things that they can do and engage so that they can go and equip the next generation for success. Here we sit down with everyday dads just like you to learn from their story, get inspired, and then start getting after it. So we invite you to join in, see what you can take away from this story, and apply to your life on your journey to becoming a skilled dad. Hey guys, and welcome to the Skilled Dad Podcast. My name is Zach Reeser. I'm your host, and boy, are you in for a treat today. Uh, I've got a gentleman with me, and he and I have been been chatting for, well, pretty much right at the hour mark now, and finally decided to hit the record button. I've got Casey Maxwell with me today. Hello, Casey. Hey, Zach. How are you? I'm great, man. How are you? Man, I'm good. It's been a great, it's a, been a great conversation. I feel, yeah, I feel like we should have hit record probably about 45 minutes ago, but I'm excited to talk to you, man. It's just the icebreaker. Yeah. Pretty nervous people. Um, no, so I'm really excited to have Casey on for a variety of reasons. A little bit of background on Casey. He and I had the opportunity to, to work together, not necessarily directly on like the same team, but kind of around the same projects and just had the opportunity to build good relationship. And um, I remember you always set up like this kickball game in your office. And I would stop by from time to time just to see whose score I could beat. And uh, always a place of fun. Um, And thanks for doing that, by the way. I don't think I ever thanked you for that. Well, you're welcome. So the genesis of that game... (laughs) came from uh, so there was a couple things so one i i knew i was never going to be a high powered executive for a couple reasons one i don't smoke cigars right that is that feels oh, like a don't. what what no nah, i don't i, that I, I want to checklist I, for this yeah okay. i want to i want i want to just have a cigar and sit and like that just there's just power in that i i i don't do that the other thing is i don't golf Right. And and so I I told my wife, uh, we joke around all the time. I'm like, I'm a high powered executive. We joke about that because I'm like, I'm never going to be a high powered executive because I don't, (laughs) I don't golf. Right. And so most of these people have little putting greens in their office. I'm like, I don't, I don't like that. I, I don't like that. So I decided to create my own game called Croquet Kickball. Somehow, and again, this is another podcast, somehow a croquet mallet made its way to my office and somehow a kickball made its way to my office. Mm-hmm. And so I created a game of you had to use the croquet mallet to hit the kickball and it had to go into 
this little goal, which was an, uh, a you had a chair at one point. I mean, it kind of yeah. You, you had to you had to go a through a bit. chair. You had to hit off the wall. You had but it had to land in this sort of goal area. Yeah. And there was five different there was five different things. So it was basically just my take on I don't know how to golf. <laughs> well, uh, it was fun, and even though you tried real hard, you you're still a CMO. Uh, so you're, you're, you're doing some things there. Uh, and so well done. And I hope they have patents on your, on your game. If you don't, uh, let me know. That'd be great. Um, yeah. And so outside of, outside of being a game developer, um, uh, one of the really cool things. So Casey's like just one of the probably most genuine people you're going to meet. Um, so if you have a chance to, to meet him, you know, don't be creepy on the street or anything like that. But if you get a chance to meet him, Casey's awesome. Uh, but he's also extremely creative. So if you're active or on LinkedIn, if you're in the business world and you bring those two things together, I would recommend that you follow Casey uh, because he's always putting these infographics out that are highly illustrative and they're simple to understand on complex topics. For guys like me, that's, you know, really helpful because pictures work well. Um, but you've also done something really interesting. And, and I actually want to probably, if we can, we're just going to take this wherever it goes, like usual. But I also want to kind of wrap this episode around this, this new venture that you've had. Because when I experienced this, and I'll just unveil it in a minute. When I experienced this, there were so many ties for me personally um, in, in dad life that uh, I think you know, there could be some really interesting takeaways out of this. And that, that new venture um, is you've, be, you've become an officially published author. And I'm going to hold up this book, The Boy with Horns, with the lighting in this. i got to work on the lighting. Uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, be glad because the lighting <laughs> is, is good. But The Boy with <laughs> Horns. And um, you both wrote this and illustrated it. And uh, it's a children's book. And we're going to, I'd love to dive into that, learn more about, you know, the book, the genesis of the book, kind of the takeaways of the book. And and if it's okay with you, kind of share some of my takeaways from it uh, as we get into it. But, um, but that's Casey and he's done a lot. He's doing a lot and he's a really nice guy with great hair. So again, <laughs> thanks for being on, man. And I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you now um, and, and do the question I normally ask, which is, uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a very flattering intro. I appreciate that. Um, so I'm just a guy that lives in Nashville, Tennessee, right? I've uh I'm married. I've been married for close to 17 years. Like it's a um actually it'll be it'll be 18 years this year. Right. So I am very close I'm glad to 20 we cleared years. that up for you. I know. I know. I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> just scrub that 17 and just go straight to the 18. Um, so I've got, Probably. I've got two, I've got two kids. One is 13. It's my daughter. And so she is heading into uh, young womanhood, uh, definitely teenage years, which I don't, I don't know if you can ever be prepared for. I, I, I've talked I'm to a lot of people. on you for that one. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I, the, 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 the way this is going, she's, she's an amazing person, but 
you you think like dadhood just changes in such a dramatic way when they become when they become uh teenagers mm. and and my son is 10 and he is he is one of the you know we'll talk a lot about him just because he is one of the reasons that that this book happened mm. um so so that's my family i've got uh, a lot of my family here in tennessee family is extremely important to me we go to church together we you know i've got an older brother and a younger sister, and they all live here. We we grew up in Ohio, but somehow even my parents, everybody migrated down here to all of you. And I see everybody, yeah, everybody's down here. Wow, which that's is awesome. Yeah, which is is super cool. Uh, we go to we go to church together. Me, my brother, and my parents. My sister, she she lives a little bit further away, so we don't go to church together. But it's it's really cool being able like my kids to hang out with their cousins and everything. Yeah. I didn't have that. So that's kind of new and different to me. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, that's on the personal side. And then on the, on the work side and on the creative side, like I do marketing. I've always done marketing. I enjoy it. There's, there's an element of it's always changing. It's always new. And I, I love, I love learning new things. So it's, there's never something where, Oh, I can just do it the way I've always done it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've always got to be learning. So I enjoy that part of it. But there's always been this creative side that I've had as a kid. You know, I was in drama. I was in, I did a ton of plays and shows. I moved out to LA when I graduated to do acting. Um, I, I used to draw a ton. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago where I got an iPad and I, that, love of drawing came back and LinkedIn has been very, very pivotal in that. So I, I'm, I'm very active in LinkedIn mm -hmm. and I create these things called sketch notes and put them out there. And it's the way that I am learning and processing through things. Um, but I'm, I'm learning to integrate all of that into one thing versus like, here's a bunch of segmented pieces of my mm -hmm. life. And I'm like, how, how do I integrate all of those together uh, to, to give me one sort of whole person that is, that is Casey? Mm -hmm. That got super existential. Uh, it's probably too early in the podcast <laughs> to get that existential, but, but yeah, that's where I am. No, it's, yeah, just go deep into the pool, man. I mean, you know, I love it, <laughs> but, but I like the, uh, the, the putting all the things together because you've done a variety of things. Yeah, I didn't know you went out to LA. Um, so learn that, but all the different things. And, you know, one thing about marketers is I think there's even a book title that all marketers are. I think it said liars, but then it's crossed out with yeah, storytellers. Yeah. Sure. So sure. All marketers are storytellers. And, uh, and so you've kind of taken all these things and, and then was it, it's just recently, uh, you released it. The boy with horns, mm -hmm. and yep. earlier this year in May, yeah, and and time flies. Um, but where did so where did the book come from? Um, because again, there's so many things to pluck out of this that I actually would love to kind of just dive into that. Um, yeah. But what 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 led you? You mentioned your son. What led you to to write this book and maybe give us also a high level of you know what what is the book about if you can you know go high level on that yeah yeah summary so the the book itself 
Uh, and, and this is the Skilled Dad Podcast. So we we want to talk about being a dad in ways that we should lean in to what are things that probably expectations of us as dads today that were not expectations of our dads, right? That that continually changes and there's there's a different set of expectations. So um one of the biggest things is I've I've always put my kids to bed. My wife generally falls asleep earlier than I do. And so I've adopted the I'm going to I'm going to put the kids to bed, right? And so it's going up and you know, when they were super young, it was reading a story, uh, praying, and then, you know, turning off the light, maybe having a quick conversation and leaving. And one of my son's best tactics, you know, I, I thought I, I thought I had it good because, you know, when you're a parent, you bedtime is one of those things that that is standing between you and sort of decompression time <laughs> or whatever right? you want to do. Yes. Like you've, you've, you know, you're at work all day and then you, you were home and you're wanting to be a present parent and then you put your kids to bed. And once you put your kids to bed, you can just kind of relax. Like there's, there's no Mm -hmm. expectations that are put on top of you. And so we're kind of drawn to that, Mm -hmm. right? We're drawn to this, like, oh, I just, I I need to get all the burden of life. It's not like you hate the other stuff, right? But it is, it is a responsibility. And so sometimes you can rush bedtime and you can kind of like, can I get through this as fast as possible? And kids, for some reason, kids understand that that is, that is a time to extend, Right. And so kids Uh want to extend that as long as possible because no kid wants to go to bed. They all want to stay up. And so my son had an amazing tactic of this. So I thought I had it down. Go in, we read a story, we pray, we turn off the lights. I lay there for maybe, you know, two minutes and then I can leave. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what he would do is I'd go in, read a story, we'd pray, turn off the lights, I'd lay there. And I would say, all right, bud, I love you. I'll see you in the morning. I start to sit up and he would always, he would say the line that would get me almost every time. He'd say, dad, can you tell me a story? (laughs) And, you know, there was this part of me that I would, you know, it was kind of like this internal struggle of, no, I don't want to tell you a story. I want to go watch some TV. I want to relax. And some, some nights I would do that. Like I am, this is not me kind of saying I'm the perfect parent. So every night I would lay there and tell him a story and it would bring him closer <laughs> to Jesus or, you know, like yeah. a lot of nights I was like, bro, I just read you a story. I'm going to bed. Right. And so this one night, I, I, I don't know what it was, but we, I said, all right, I'm going to tell you a story. And the stories normally that I told were, retelling other stories mm-hmm. that like Rapunzel, but I would change the name to like Tapunzel or something like a stupid <laughs> name. Right. But then I would tell him the story of Rapunzel and it would, pre- I would pretend that it was my story. But what I would always try and do is if I could tie it into a, a boy, he would listen to it more. He mm. would like it more because he would put himself in that, in, in the shoes of that boy. Mm-hmm. And so Honestly, you know, I'm I'm not going to get super spiritual, but 
I don't know where I don't know where this story came from. Uh, you know, it came from my mind, but how it got in my mind, I believe it came from somewhere else. But so I sit there and you're I you're inspired. Sure. Yeah. And so I say, okay, uh, son, once upon a time, there was a boy and he woke up one morning and he had horns. And I remember, I remember when I gave that, that premise to my son, you know, a lot of times he would ask questions or he would be like, you know, depending on where the story started. <laughs> But when I when I gave that premise, there was something that quieted in him and he was he was bought in from the beginning. And so there was something of. He started going through his day and the first thing is he sees it in the mirror and he's like, where where these horns come from? I didn't have them when I went to bed. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then I start telling him this story and nobody can see him. Right. His sister can't see him. His mom can't see him. People at school, can't, nobody can see them. And as I'm going, I have no idea where this story is going, right? Rolling it with just, it. Yeah, it just, it, it was a great premise to start with and I had no idea where it was going. And so I, I keep going and that's, most stories are like, I'm just hoping maybe I'll find a landing pad for, right. for this story. Uh, that's not like, and then a tiger jumped out, right? And he ran, away, you know, <laughs> like some ridiculous ending. Uh -huh. And so, and so I, I actually landed, I landed this story. I just looked over. My son is sitting, he's sitting out in the, in the hallway, listening to this. He's totally listening to you. Hey buddy. How you doing buddy? <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out an ending to this. And I, I find it, and I can tell you the ending, which is not the actual ending of the book now, but I, I, I ended it and there was this silence in the room hmm. and my son goes, I'm kind of, I'm kind of laying there. And I was, I think I was as surprised as he was that it, it actually had an ending. And he goes, that was a pretty good story, dad. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that that was. And so I said, well, I love you. Good night. I gave him a kiss, left. Uh, the next night, I'm laying there putting him to bed, and he goes, Dad, can you tell me the boy with horns again? And so I said, okay. So I told him the story again, and he asked a couple more nights, and I, every time I told it, I tweaked the story a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. I, I took out parts that were boring, added in new parts, and then I ended up telling my wife, and I'm like, this is actually, I think, a decent story. And she goes, well, maybe you should write it down, right? And so I wrote it down and, you know, we can kind of talk about where it went from there, but it kind of came out of um, something that I could have chosen to ignore, mm -hmm. right? I could have said, no, I've read you a story. I'm going to go to bed or I'm going to go downstairs. You go to bed. But I said, no, I'll, I'll tell you a story. So I kind of, it, it was a chance, it, you know, it was me at my best, which is not always there, right? But I leaned into it and something, something really awesome came out of it. So something that I'm really proud of. So well, that's so, kind of the, that's kind of the origin of it. No, I love that. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, for those that are marketers or business or either way, you were like testing and iterating kind of each night with your son as far as yeah. pulling out some stuff. You, I think you said, you know, pull out the 
the parts that weren't good, put in something new, um, which is really cool. Uh, a that you can remember the whole thing. I'm glad your wife told you to write it down, and <laughs> um, and B to to have fun with it and just kind of go with it, but to also be there enough to recognize that he was starting to ask questions mm-hmm. and use it as a tool to develop conversation, you know, with your son. Uh, I think that's really really cool. Because, you know, oftentimes we can miss those because we're so looking forward to whatever show we want to go watch or if we have work that we're going to go do or whatever it is, um, we can miss those those moments and they go quick. So kudos to you for catching them. Um, but you didn't stop there. So you actually went and like you wrote it down. But but what what led you to decide to actually write it down and then type it out and then publish it? and put it out there for others. Yeah, so that uh, that story was about five and a half years ago, right, that I actually went and wrote it down. Mm. I started talking to somebody about publishing, and they were talking about, okay, well, you got to create this uh, sort of pitch deck, and we can go pitch it to a bunch of publishers, and you should probably find someone to illustrate it and they could kind of put it together and ha- they kind of asked me, do you, do you want to be a famous author? Like, is, is that your goal to be a full-time author? Or is this a story that's important to you and you kind of just want to get it out there? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, sure, it'd be cool to become a full-time author. That'd be, that'd be great. But honestly, I just, I kind of want to get it out there. Like, I, I love the story. I love the um where it kind of headed and so he said well here's a couple things if you go with a publisher you kind of lose control of that right yes you get money but all of a sudden that publishing house is in control of what the final product says Mm -hmm. what the final product looks like and the overall distribution and they're kind of like if you want to if you really want to control every aspect of it you kind of need to do it on your own so i was like okay well maybe i should self-publish and then I started talking to some illustrators and I you know I started kind of getting their thoughts so I would let them read the story and they're like oh yeah I kind of see the boy like this and I was like well no the boy looks like it looks like this right Mm -hmm. and so I had a very a very specific thought around it and so it I never found an illustrator and then it just kind of sat you know both of those things kind of died and, you know, like, eh, we're not going to go here. We're not going to go there. Mm-hmm. And so then it just kind of sat. And I'm, I'm the type of person that does annual goals. So every January, I say, these are the things I want to accomplish. And for about five years, write uh, or publish The Boy With Horns sat on my goals list. And mm-hmm. every year I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And other things would become more important. I would do, you know, different things. And last year, I, I honestly don't know what it was, but there was there was something in me that was like this desire of, man, I, I really want to do that. I've been talking about this for five years. Mm-hmm. I need to do it. And so I don't know I don't know where the quote unquote courage came from. Maybe it was I had a whiskey or I had, you know, I had something that gave me a bunch of courage, right? And so I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure out how to write it. I'm going to figure out how to illustrate it. And I'm going to figure out how to self-publish it all on my own. 
I created this graphic and I posted it on social media. And I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to publish it April 12th. Mm -hmm. I remember when you did that. Yeah. I just put it out there, right? I had no idea how to publish it. I've never self-published anything. I've never illustrated a book. Uh, You know, I can, I've done some drawings, but I've never done any of that. And I've obviously never written a children's book, even though I had a draft written down that was 1800 words. That is way too much for a kid's book. (laughs) Way too much. Right. I found out the first guy I talked to, I kind of showed him my draft and he's like, um, that needs to be between 800 and a thousand words tops. And you have 1800 (laughs) words. You had basically cut out half of this book. And I was like, excuse me, I have no idea how to do that and still tell the story. Right. So I, I had no idea how to do any of that, but for some reason I put it out on social media and what happened was all of a sudden I created accountability for myself. Right. Everybody started asking me about it. Almost every day I had someone going, hey, how's that book coming? What, where are you in your, the book process? Have you, you know, ha, do you have an editor? Or how are you going to publish? Mm-hmm. And I realized that all of a sudden I'm going to have to actually do this. Mm-hmm. People are asking me about it. I said I was going to do it. I'm going to have to do it. So it was that simple act of me saying, I'm going to do this, everybody. Uh, And again, I I don't know where the courage came from for me to do that because it sat for five years. But that simple act alone then propelled me to go, I'm going to have to do this. And so I started publishing a weekly, uh, weekly, probably a biweekly blog about things I was learning, things I was trying to figure out. Some of that was growing an email list so that when I published, I'd be able to get people excited about it but some of it was just this is this is what i'm figuring out and i got so many people contacting me and going hey i've always wanted to publish a book i've always i've got a kid's book and it's rattling around in my brain Mm -hmm. and i'm watching your journey because i feel like you can figure out all this other stuff and it'll make mine easier and again that was that was more (laughs) accountability and it it gave me it gave me even like oh I'm helping people do something that that they want to do, but maybe they're maybe they're a little scared to do. Right. You know, when when something is unknown and big, a lot of people won't do it because it just seems it it seems too big. Like I can't I can't climb that mountain. But but honestly, publishing a book is not that big of a deal. Like it's it's not that hard to do. It's just you got to be willing to kind of figure out the nuances of it, right? You got to wade into the deep end and then you're like, oh, this is this is not so deep. So I felt like I was able to help people wade into that deep end by kind of doing it in real time and kind of building, quote unquote, in public. So I was like, hey, I figured this out. Oh, wait. Nope. I figured that out wrong. Uh, I got to move over here and I got to I got to do that. So there's two things out of that, though that you said simple act um of of putting out what you're going to do publicly to a sphere of people that you know and then i would imagine some several that you don't uh to say i'm gonna do this thing and then not really know how to do it it's not that's not necessarily simple that's um it takes courage uh i think and 
you know, whether it's maybe a book or something else somebody's working on, it can be hard to step out there. Um, but then the other thing too, is sometimes the best way to learn is to teach. Um, I'm a language nerd and oftentimes, you know, part of, part of those, if you ever go see, um, he has a YouTube channel, um, Xiaoma NYC. This guy mm. speaks like all these languages. He's super fluent in Mandarin. But anybody that speaks all these languages, um, you're going to sound horrible most likely when you start it. But if you put yourself out there, the people that uh, can speak it well usually end up coaching you. They appreciate what you're doing. But then once you're meeting somebody that's just starting, you can start teaching them and now all of a sudden the principles become more cohesive in your brain. So yeah. it sounds like you've you've gone certain headlight distance now you can turn around and help some males get there and it's helping you and that's um i mean that's that's a great way to uh <laughs> to make yourself write this book so and now it's well out. well and that you know that's that's one of the reasons why i started leaning in on linkedin mm -hmm. i started doing these sketch notes because i was reading a lot of books or you know i was i was listening to a lot of great speakers and one, I wanted to internalize all of this stuff yeah. and I wanted to, to make sure that it was because a lot of people consume and they think, oh, I'm learning stuff, but they're not actually learning anything. They're just having this information wash over them. Yeah. And so I said, if I can start teaching some of this or if I can put it in a way that people can understand it, then it'll help me learn it better because you can't communicate anything simply if you don't understand it to a very, uh, uh, you know, you I understand agree. it a lot. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like, if I can't, if I can't make a sketch note that is, that is understandable in it's simple form, then I don't, I don't know it well enough. Mm -hmm. So I, that's what I started putting out there on LinkedIn. And what I realized is that with kids books, the reason like the best kids books that you read the best ones have a very big idea or very big concept. Mm -hmm. And what they've done is they've put it and they've couched it in a story that is simple enough for a little kid to understand. Right. right. So it, it may be the concept, the story they understand. Maybe it's the visuals that they understand. There's something where they are able to grasp this. And the adults that's reading it to them understand the big concept, right? And then all of a sudden it creates this bridge between the adult and the child to have a conversation mm -hmm. that wouldn't have otherwise happened, right? Yeah. And so that, that like, again, people are like, how did you get from a kid's book to you do marketing and you do sketch notes and all this kind of stuff? That's, that's kind of the bridge. It's all about taking the complex and figuring out how to make it simple. Because even as adults, we still need the complex to be made simple, right? That's that's yeah. what we need in, in everything for us to really, really grasp it fast, especially in a social media world. Right. So that's, in my, in my mind, that's how all of this stuff sort of ties together. Yeah. With, with the um, kind of on the topic of creating a bridge. So I, I don't know how, I don't know how we can talk about a couple of the themes in this thing that, you know, you and I were talking about earlier. Um, 
that apply both to kids and, and possibly dads or adults without mm -hmm. like spoiler alerting everyone. Right. So I'm not sure how to do that, but what I would I say, think it's, I think it's okay. I, we, we can tell the ending. I don't want to ruin again, your parade. We you know, can, I don't want to so be what to blame it, here. Yeah. Well, what we can do is I'm okay ruining it for <laughs> the parents. I think I think the shock, quote unquote, the shock can come for the kids. That yeah. can be that can be something. So we can we can kind of tell the ending. So the the boy wakes up. Okay, I know, I know, I know what we're yeah, doing go ahead. here. Okay, go ahead. We're okay. here because you're talking about creating a bridge to create yeah. conversation. But I, I want to share a little bit about what happened when I read this book. Okay, and then Great. we can and we and then we kind of roll into, um, really kind of this. Uh, a little bit of the ending. So you're, you're getting a little bit of the beginning and a little bit of the ending, but you're not getting the middle. So there's a tension there, which, you know, you should go and fill um, by checking this book out. But so after I read this book, I was reading to both my two eldest. And so eight and five, eight boy, five girl. And, um, and when we got to the end of the book and I'll let you roll out what it is, we got to the book. I said, Hey, you know, the boy with the horns, like it's, it's a whole story about the boy with the horns. But then at the end, he, he finds something um, about the horns specifically that uh, he realized was like a difference that he had that maybe others didn't. And so um, when I asked my son, like, hey, what the, what do you think the horns were? Because do you think they were really horns or like, what do you think? Um, because I kind of saw his face and, um, he, he said, well, you know, they're horns, but I know that they don't necessarily mean the horns. He said, he said, I think it means something that, um, that, that when you feel alone and, um, that maybe, you know, something that other people don't. Um, and so you kind of feel lonely. I'm like, oh, hmm. This just created a whole new line of questioning, you know, that we'll have at some point in time. But it, it created that conversation. And I said, okay, well, what? Tell me more about that. And, um, you know, have have you ever had some things that you're confused about or that you felt alone? He's like, oh, yeah. I said, okay. Well, what did you do? He, <laughs> this is the part. And I'm just like, I'm like the going to confessional piece here. He's like, well, normally I just don't tell anybody. And I'm like, gosh, yikes. Um, and so I said, well, okay. Do you always not tell everybody? He's like, not always. And so it just started this whole, whole line. And it also gave me an opportunity to have that conversation so that I can pay attention to how much I'm um, asking the right questions over time. Because as he gets older and more things come, um, you know, I need to be facilitating those conversations. And the book helped facilitate that conversation. And the deeper part is when he said the words that he said, I was thinking, you know, he's eight and learning things all the time. Um, but when I found out for sure that I was going to be a dad, and then pretty much every week after that for the last, I'm going to call it nine years, including when the baby's in the womb, um nine plus almost mm -hmm. there's so many things that i'm like i don't know i have no idea and 
you know, I have ideas of what it could be and I'm kind of confused and who do you talk to about it? And, you know, uh, in my gutsy enough to go and ask some people about it, um, which, which honestly was some of the premise of this entire podcast and platform. Um, and I, I spoke about it a little bit more on the dad's making a difference podcast where I was on the other side of the mic, but the skilled dad is like V3, but it really hit me just at the same time as it was hitting him where I'm like, okay, you know, let's cross out the boy. It's like the dad with horns kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, not necessarily ruining the ending, but, but the experience that I had and my daughter's like, give me the book. I want to read the book again. And I'm like, you you can't have the book. Like I said earlier in the podcast. So, um, (laughs) that was, that was a really neat thing. And, uh, I'm going to have my wife do it as well just to see what, because our communication styles are different. Yeah. Let's see what that facilitates. But, it's, you know, it, it's, it, is a, it is a simple story. But then at the end of it, I was like, dang, man. Because, you know, you're like, you're my friend. And I know how creative you are. And I'll, but I had no idea what the book was going to be like. And then when I read it, I'm like, I know this guy. This yeah. is kind of cool. <laughs> but um, so anyway, that's just some of my experience. And, um, you know, I don't know what you want to share kind of about the book, but I think that there's maybe before our time is up, which it goes quickly, uh, there's some relevance in understanding kind of both the facilitation of discussion with kids as well as the the actual active work that we can do as men, as dads because of the horns that we may have. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The so the underlying concept of the book. So the horns, the horns represent. Obviously, they're not physical horns. They are in the book, right? But they they don't represent uh, somebody out there that grows physical horns, right? Right. They represent something that happens in your life that somebody else either doesn't see or they just don't understand, right? And we've all had this. We've all had this, whether we're, you know, eight-year-old boys or whether we're 40-year-old men. There's something that is happening in our lives that the people around us in, you know, our immediate circle may not understand. And so what that causes us to do is, you know, maybe sometimes we ask people in our immediate circle, or we kind of just kind of, Hey, can, can you see what's going on? And they're kind of like, I I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any context to that. So I can't really help you. And what that does is we just end up going internal, Mm -hmm. right? We're like, I'm just going to keep this on the inside. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to power through it. And what that does is that creates isolation that makes you feel alone. And it makes you feel like nobody else in the world will understand what what I'm going through. And whether you're eight or whether you're 40, that's very heavy, mm-hmm. right? Like this book is to open up a dialogue between parents and their kids so that kids, when they feel something that is different about them, that they're able to talk about it instead of just internalize it. Because a lot of times when you internalize it, you do other things to make that feeling go away. And it's Mm -hmm. usually not great things when you're not sharing with somebody. 
And the 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 best part of this book is that at the end, the boy with horns finds someone that knows what he's going through, that can see his horns. Mm-hmm. And that alone makes the horns bearable. There's something, there's something about us when we, when somebody understands what we're going through, all of a sudden it, it, they, they haven't taken it away. They haven't, you know, they, they haven't removed the horns from us. They haven't removed the weight that we're carrying, but there's something when somebody else really understands what we're going through, when we feel seen that all of a sudden there's a newfound ability to to deal with it or to to walk with it right even if you don't completely understand it mm-hmm. and so again that that wasn't the first that that wasn't the first ending you know the the right. the first ending was was different and it it as i started writing it and leaning into what what are these horns and who should be able to see them and why should they see them and what does that actually mean um there's a so the the story ends right and then i have this sort of author's note in there that every time i read and like when i i've read the story for a lot of people when i read that it's it's hard for me to read without tearing up mm-hmm. and i'm not and i'm not uh, most people on this podcast probably don't know me and it sounds like I'm, you know, maybe dramatizing or whatever, but whenever you have something about you that makes you feel alone and feel isolated, that moment when somebody else or somebody beyond this world can understand, there is such a peace that comes from that, that like, I know I've experienced it when I feel alone. And then all of a sudden, don't feel alone that somebody is in this with me that the the relief and so when i when i talk through that and when i read that like i i get choked up i you know my tears you know i get tears in my eyes because i think about my son and i think about him being alone and something that him he's struggling with and not talking to me about it mm-hmm. and not talking to others about it and i'm like you shouldn't you shouldn't go through this stuff alone like there's there's nothing that's going on in your life that that you should go through alone, especially something that is that is a struggle. Yeah. And so I hope that this book creates conversations between boys and girls and their parents about like this is these are my horns, right? These are the these are the things that I'm struggling with, and I need somebody to talk to to make them a little easier to to deal with. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think you've created a really, um, I say this sincerely, um, a really creative and effective way of facilitating that conversation because it, it, it came up organically for us. I mean, at the end of the book, I could see his face. We were chatting and, you know, there's more follow-up to do. Um, so again, well done. And, and, you know, it's interesting. One of the topics that's come up, um, probably more times off the microphone than on with other guys is one of those conversations that I think is a, is potentially a horn. This might be a stretch. doesn't apply to you, you know, move on and think about other things that you've gotten. Um, but the, the miscarriage word is, a, is, is one 
that I think carries some interesting um, feelings and whatever with it where people don't understand or maybe they do. But what what I've found, because um, we, we experienced this a year ago, um, what I found is that when you actually talk to people about it, you find out that there's more than you would think that have experienced it. And, mm-hmm. and it kind of is a, a relief for everyone. So I don't know, you know, that's kind of what came to mind um, for me as you were talking through there. And this is dad podcast. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff, but, um, but no, man, it's, it's exciting. So, you know, for those listening or watching, um, I recommend that you go and get a copy of this book um, and read through it, you know, read through it with yourself, uh, read through it with your kids afterwards. And, and then you, the reason I say read with yourself for yourself or however you want to say that is um, because I think there's something in it for all of us. And before we have it with just the kids, we can kind of gather our own pieces with it. And then it can also maybe help us be prepared or formulate any conversations that could come out of it. And I think there will be positive conversations, but when you were saying, you know, the, the idea of kind of your son working through stuff and not bringing it up, I mean, that's kind of what just happened about, you know, a few hours ago when I was reading it to my son again. So, um, it's, it's interesting, but it's so interesting how, uh, simple stories can, can turn into big things that eventually can, help us as parents navigate with our kids can't navigate for them yeah but we can for ourselves to a degree so if you you know if you got some horns think about that yeah yeah never stop never stop looking for somebody out there to talk about never just say you know what these are just mine i'm i'm all on my own keep looking Keep looking. That's that's the message of the book. Like there's there's somebody out there. There's somebody out there that is gonna understand and is gonna help you walk through that. Yeah. Keep looking and ask. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out the ask piece. Um, and that's also, you know, what uh what skilled dad's about. Um, hopefully through all these stories, you're gonna hear that you're not the only one facing we have a variety of things where dads are figuring it out but we don't have to do it alone probably mm-hmm. shouldn't uh don't recommend it um so we have to be bold and courageous and ask and we also be bold and courageous and ask for some of that accountability which you did and in a in a very big way and it's uh you know i hope that it it i hope it pays off for you in a very large sense and i'm going to say this with all the love and endearment that i can um, not, uh, for any reason, but that it helps dads and parents facilitate good conversations for their kids. Yeah. So, you know, one at a time. So well done. And, and again, thank you for that. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, I have one other question for you, but before I get to that, where can people find your book if they're interested in checking it out more? Amazon is kind of where I've where I've sent everybody. Amazon.com, obviously. Uh the boy just search search the boy with horns. Um, you can get it, you can get it on Barnes and Noble and you can get it on Walmart and you can get it anywhere. 
but uh amazon amazon gets it to you pretty fast um yeah they do yeah uh i will also have links in the show notes of the podcast or the you know videos and, and everything um so take a look at that for sure and um okay so outside of the book you've got a 13 year old mm-hmm. you've got an 8 year old you've seen some things you're you're learning new things what are um a couple of pieces of what you learned that that you would share with someone else as a dad that um that could be good advice or good ahas or just good takeaways yeah i would say i'll give i'll give one and i'll okay. and i'll do that because i think it's i think it's it's one of the biggest ones that i've learned so a lot of times when as a as a parent there are times that you want to pour into your child you want to teach them things right and you want to connect with them and you kind of think through oh i'm going to do it this way or i'm going to do it that way right a lot of times those ways are not the ways that your kids want right they're not the times that that your kids want and most of the times that your kids want to connect are the times that you want to go do something else mm-hmm. right like you're putting them to bed or you're you know my one of my daughter's things is she loves going in i have a jeep and she wants to do jeep rides right which mm-hmm. means we put the top back we blast hits one which is you know taylor swift and all the the latest music right and then we go drive the back roads of tennessee and listen to that right but those are the times that she wants to connect with me right mm-hmm. my son wants me to read him a story and he, i think he's sitting outside this room waiting for me to finish so that i can go up and <laughs> tell him a story right and so those are the times that often for myself that i'm like i just want to go do something else yeah right but those are the times that when i say no these this is what being a dad means right these are the times when my kids are the most open with me that they're the most honest with me that they want to have conversations with me and if i'm like no do it on my terms i'm going to miss it i'm going to mm-hmm. miss those miss those times and so i always have to remind myself you know those are the times that I need to to be the dad, not the times just when I want to, but when the times that they're reaching out and and giving that sort of opening or opportunity. Yeah. So I just encourage people again, look for those, look for those opportunities when your kids are saying, "Hey, I would love for you to connect with me and and lean in. You're not going to be perfect. That's fine. I don't every time." And so my son's listening to this, every time I'm not going to stay later. But, you know, there are, there are times that I will, um, one of the, one of the best things is that he is now asking me to tell stories all every night Mm -hmm. and then he's critiquing those stories and saying, (laughs) I don't know if that one could be a book or, ah, maybe, maybe that one, I think that one's good enough. You should maybe make that one into a book, right? So he's helping me. He's helping me hone the next book, I guess, that that I'm going to write. I'm going to get him a recorder for Christmas. And he's <laughs> just going to audio book. He's going right. to make a deal later. So, no, that's awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for that. That's 
look for the opportunities to connect because uh, sometimes we do it on our own terms. We miss the time when it's on their terms. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. Um, where can people follow you? I didn't ask you that if, if they're checking out your content. Yeah, I would say LinkedIn, which okay. if you're not on LinkedIn, you're kind of like, LinkedIn? Really? LinkedIn's changed a lot since the since the pandemic. A lot of people moved in and started actually sharing not only work and career, but they're, they're places where you can have some pretty deep conversations. Different than Instagram, different than Facebook. It's it's a little bit more professional, but you can have some real life conversations. So that's where I usually post my sketch notes, but I also post about my my journey writing a book and just me as a human. So yeah, yeah, that's where that's where I am most often. Do you have a website? Um, no. Uh, well, you can go to theboywithhorns.com. And there's a link on there that says, let me, you know, you can subscribe to my newsletter, but if you say, let me read it first, it'll take you to all the posts that I've written about how I published the kid's book. So if you're, if, if you're thinking about, I want to write and publish a kid's book, you can read through that. And it's the ways I figured out how to do, you know, find a publisher and how to create a template and how I went about writing it and finding in a copy editor and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. If that's if that's something that's interesting, you can go to theboywithhorns.com. If you hit caseymaxwell.com, it honestly just redirects you to my LinkedIn. Yeah. Because that's works. where I spent most of my time. So caseymaxwell.com. Nailed it. With K-A-C-Y. Like that's it's spelled weird. So they're probably gonna type C-A-S-E-Y. It's K-A-C-Y. But it's, no, it's I was actually about to say that. <laughs> Especially yeah, not that it's spelled weird, but maybe. Uh no. Brother, thanks for getting on here with me. Uh, again, stoked about uh, the book. Stoked about what you've learned, and uh, also just the time that we've we've actually had much longer than than what's recorded here. Uh, and I've, <laughs> it's been a blast. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time uh, and for doing what you've been doing, man. Keep up the good work, and we look forward to uh, potentially next rendition down the road. But first, let's get this one changing some lives. Yeah. Thanks, man. You as well. Keep up the skilled dad. We need more people out there pushing dads to to continue and supporting dads to to help us be better. I love it. He's talking to you, all you all you dads, uh, and and moms. And we I know we have both, uh, from all over uh both the country and a lot in Europe as well. So thanks for listening in. Um like I said before, if you get a chance, uh, go take a look at The Boy With Horns. It's, it is a great read. It is a, um, uh, there's some interesting takeaways, and I think you there's something in it both for you and your kids, and uh, I know that's what I found. And hopefully out of this episode, you found something that you can take away and that you can apply not only to your life, but also if you've got some friends that uh, you think would, would help them, please share this with them. Um, and, you know, we're continuing to develop this. And one thing that I can continue to do is a lot of what we're doing. But I also know that for some that have reached out, there's some things that maybe you're wanting to hear and not necessarily like me telling you what you want to hear, but like topics, things that you want to discuss or um, things that you would that we can be a help for. And like what Casey was saying earlier, there's too many people that have been going just a little bit down 
the road with the headlight view that are far enough to turn around and help us that we can all work together and help each other because um, because we don't have to do it alone. And so if we got some horns that are going, one of the worst things we can do is just put it deep down in there. Um, it might seem strong, but in the end, it doesn't you know, always help. So if we can help with that, we'd love to hear the things that we can help you with. Uh, you can follow us on all the socials at Skilled Dad. But most importantly, I hope that you take away something from this episode and can apply to your life on your journey. We'll see you on the next episode. You're listening to The Skilled Dad.